Hey, I'm Michelle Owen and welcome to episode three of the Newport Live podcast. So far, we've covered how you can feel happier and healthier by exercising, whether that be by making use of Newport Live's facilities in the gym, on the velodrome track, or by taking part in initiatives such as Wheels for All. Well, today you'll hear about how the jam-packed creative art scene in Newport can enrich all of our lives. Inspiring you to feel happier and healthier, this is the Newport Live podcast. Now, Sally is part of the arts development team at Newport Live and is based at the Riverfront Theatre and Arts Centre, which delivers a vibrant programme right in the heart of Newport. Hey, Sally, great to have you with us. Um, First of all, can you just tell us what your role is here? Yeah, so as Community Arts Development Officer, I work um, within the building, so within the Theatre and Arts Centre itself. I run and coordinate there are loads of different projects. We're a really small team, so it's so it's good in some ways. You get involved in everything. Um, so it's community based, obviously. Um, so lots of projects within our within our communities around Newport. And we try that the most important thing really is trying to engage within the building and just let people get involved you know show them what we've got to offer and show them how much there is an opportunity that we've got there within the building as well as outreach yeah you touched on it there then so is that sort of the aim to get more people involved when it comes to giving the people of of Newport access to the creative arts yeah I think it's the the vast opportunity that we've got we're really lucky because having you know the theatre and arts centre as well as workshop spaces dance studio so and recording studio we've got such a lovely space and we are really accessible on a physical and geographical level we're really we're in the city center we're really close to the bus stop the train station so it's nice in that way and that actually does make such a difference we've got schools that walk directly to us so it so that's really nice when schools can engage in that way and just pop along just see exhibitions or come to performances what we're trying to do is make sure the doors are open for anybody that wants to come you know to to make that something that there isn't a barrier yeah it's um it's an interesting word art i think so if someone sees that and isn't quite sure what that means can you tell us what it means to you and how it can enrich all of our lives i know i love do you know what i love this question because a lot of people when we start doing projects or we kind of just go and have a chat to groups um They'll say, oh, I, I don't know anything about art or I can't do art. And you say, well, you know, you, if you're watching TV or you're, you're writing, you, you know, you kind of look, enjoy films, you read books, you know, you kind of, you art is everywhere really, isn't it? So when you think of it in that terms and everybody, particularly in Wales, we're a very, it's a very artistic nation. You know, we've got, you know, if you even if you look within community settings, people go, oh, I don't do the arts, but they may be singing in a choir, you know, they're kind of going to church or they're, you know, involved in their school performances. So, so it's so, so broad. And we've also got the, the other spectrum of that where We've got young people who, you know, we do DJ workshops, graffiti workshops. We're even um, going to be starting some skateboarding workshops because we think, well, that's not art. So there's a whole spectrum of creativity around that kind of genre, really. So, so we try. We're just we're just open just to try things and just have people actually tell us what they're interested in as well. So if people suddenly 
kind of like we do ceramics and then in doing ceramics somebody might go oh I I actually would be really interested in printmaking and then was like right well let's try this one you know so we're always trying to provide other opportunities and open the doors for for different experiences. Sounds like there's a a lot of facilities available then Uh, how how many are there I mean what's what's available for people to come and do when they visit? Yeah so um, we've got within the building there's the 500 um, seater theatre space which is a a beautiful space got a a huge stage so it's really good for for all sorts and we use that for professional performances as well as our community performances and that's one of the things that's the the nicest thing you know community performances are also treated in the same you know with the same respect as professional performances you know they're working with professional theatre technicians um, and just supported along that way you know, in that space. Um, so yeah, the 500-seater theatre, we've got a studio theatre, which is 128-seater, um, and that's used for all sorts because it's got a raked seating. So it's a cinema space as well as, it's called like a black box theatre, so you can do quite contemporary, smaller pieces in there. We've got a, a dance studio, a recording studio, workshop spaces that we run, like let's say in ceramics, uh, printmaking, messy spaces we like to call them Mm. Um, and it's okay you know some people are fearful of coming in and thinking you're not allowed because it's kind of a fancy building those spaces are are open for all those massive messy creative workshops as well we've also got a basement space which is a great space for rehearsals and workshops as well so loads of opportunity. The recording studio is a professional recording studio. So we have like young people coming in and working with Cobra. So they can go in, do some workshops, for example. Like you could do a rap workshop, you know, where people, young people are creating their own music and then performing it, recording it, and then they get their own content at the end of the day, which is such a great opportunity. We're really lucky with the space, as well as the foyer space. So we use that as a live performance area as well. So within the cafe, people can relax, have a cuppa, have a glass of wine, and just listen to some really nice music as well, or you know, watch a smaller performance in that space too. So we are really lucky. Yeah, lots going on. Um, you work with young people who live with parents who've got life-limiting conditions, don't you? Tell us a, a bit more about that and how it makes such a difference. Yeah, well, this this project has been kind of ongoing, really. We've worked with the adults who have life-limiting um, conditions as well as now we're developing a project where we're working with the, those young people. So obviously they're going through quite a traumatic, stressful experiences. And it's just great to be able to provide an opportunity just to just to get out and just do something that takes them away from that for a little for a little while um so within that what i would do is talk to that group just just speak to them about what kind of things that they're interested in and just gradually and really gently really introduce them to some of our great theater tutors and arts tutors and just give them a space to be able to just be young again really yeah and in terms of uh, what we can look forward to through the year, what are some of the highlights that happen? We're working towards now our projects around International Women's Day. So that's March. It's quite a big event for us as it's a really large-scale community event. Obviously, um, Newport is a really rich and diverse community. So we have some great community groups that just get involved, um, come along, perform on the day. We have stalls and workshops that are just looking at 
a positive way about experiences for young women and also just challenging some of those kind of things that we we all really need to be thinking about we work with groups like the brothers which is a which is a group for uh, of boys you know and they're looking at fatherhood and about how to be young men within that time as well this year's um really going to be a really exciting one because this year we're kind of particularly pushing that out to communities. So we've got Mandy Youth Group, who, um, who's got a girls group, who are going to be facilitating and leading a lot, a lot of those events, as well as working with um, some other groups that are specific to girls and just doing some really po- things around positivity, looking at things around self-defence, but also around what it is to be young now, you know, and in, in this changing time so again it's a celebration event but it's also just something that we can inform and look at kind of your well-being and how young people are coming through this difficult time when they have been really isolated as well yeah share the love was was a brilliant campaign wasn't it i remember reading about that uh, during one of the lockdowns for those who didn't see it what was the meaning behind it and how did it come about it was it was such a lovely thing that was just coming out of lockdown and um, my my partner in crime the education officer Danielle came up with the idea where um, we just said well as we were coming back out of lockdown we just wanted to do something positive within communities we still couldn't really use the building so um, so well, let's just do some well-being packs and we can deliver those to people who are still at home feeling isolated people could suggest people they wanted to receive a lovely pack and we also it kind of snowballed really we worked with the um, alternative education group as part of Newport Live and they they helped build the packs and they also delivered them so that was really lovely Um, and then we also did an exhibition around that too so we couldn't open the building but we used all of the windows so people sent in artwork and we covered the the building with with people's artwork so so we had like a gallery space, but outside of the building, which was, yeah, it was great. We're really touched by how connecting again, you know, just reconnecting to people was really important. Yeah. And how much do you think it helped? You touched on it there, but how, how did it help? A difficult time for some people. Some would take, you know, almost, I guess, having to stay in lockdown if they were shielding things. How do you think it helped keep them positive during such a tricky time? It was it was a really lovely project because as well as the exhibition, like I said, the, within the wellbeing packs, we had postcards from the primary school. Each pupil had drawn a lovely image and just sent a message to whoever was receiving the pack. And when people were getting in touch with us, just saying it, it was just such a kind and nice thing, you know, something so small as just receiving a postcard with a lovely image from um, somebody they didn't even know, you know, just made them feel less isolated. We also had links to wellbeing videos and things like that that people could, you know, log on to. We'd put information in um, with Age Cymru. You could get a phone call and just have a little chat with somebody and also kind of link to some of our other workshops online as well. So the whole the whole time we were just trying to make sure that people didn't feel you know, it was a long time. Some people were isolated for just a long time and it's still ongoing now. So, you know, we're still trying to reconnect with those people. We're about to redo that project again. So we thought it was such a success last last time and around Santa's Doin when, you know, and as well as uh, Valentine's Day. So it was just a really lovely opportunity to, like we said, share the love really. Yeah, and, and local artist Consumer Smith created 
a fantastic piece of art, didn't he? Yeah, that's been really um, striking for people. I think people have really connected to that piece. I know that you're talking to him about that. Um, but for us, it was just a really nice opportunity to be able to say, just as as it wasn't able to stay outside, that we, we could say, yeah, it's fine, we'll, we'll take it we'll take it inside and now it's up permanently upstairs in our bar area. We're working with him now as well to be able to develop some other artwork where he's going to work with young people, come up with some ideas and we're going to paint the workshop spaces and the hallway that going into the workshop spaces. So it just gives people a chance to get involved in that as well, you know. Um, we're going to speak to Consumer Smith himself in just a moment, but if you could sort of pass on a message for the impact of that piece, what would it be? It's been such a powerful piece and I think people have all really connected with it. It was really uh, of the time and it's still continuing. I think it's a real marker of that time. Um, He was also kind enough to allow us to take prints of that and then um, we're selling those within the riverfront and all of that money is directly going back into community arts projects so we can continue to do some more outreach work as a result of that he's been nothing but generous and I think it does um, yeah it will always be the one that sticks in my mind that image because it does mark that time that we've all we've all been through you know so it really um, it's spoken to a lot of people for sure. Oh Sally thank you so much for your time it's great to hear from you. Thanks very much yeah nice to speak to you. Now we've spoken to Sally, I'm really interested to hear more about that street art project from the artist behind it. Anthony Smith, also known as Consumer Smith, is the man behind it, and he joins us now. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm great, thank you. Um, firstly, tell us about your background as an artist before you did this piece. Where did it all begin for you? Well, for me, I guess it all began at a young age. I grew up in a place called Totten in Southampton. I grew up around a lot of graffiti, a lot of street art. Um, it was quite prevalent in a in the area I lived in. So I guess it was sort of inevitable that I'd I'd learn more about that and be around it, especially with my interest in art from a young age. So I guess it's all come from there, yeah, graffiti and uh, hip-hop culture, I guess. And then I moved to South Wales about 17 years ago, studied fine art, and then it went from there. And I've been sort of passionate about painting ever since. Brill, so when you started street art, did you ever think you'd end up turning it into a career later on? Do you know what? Nah, I never, I never once thought that. It was just, uh, just something we did. I never really took thought any further in the future with it. I mean, I, my main passion uh, growing up was also music, and I, I saw, I thought that was more of a career for me, a career choice. But yeah, I guess it never left me, and here I am today. So, would you say it was Newport and you living here that led you to take art seriously? Well, actually, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't for many years later after I'd finished studying, because um, I sort of drifted away from my art for a bit. I was making a lot of music, traveling about, doing that. And then um, it came to a point where the, we sort of music came to an end, the band broke up and I, I went through a bit of an existential crisis. I was like, well, what am I going to do now creatively? And I thought, you know, I need to start painting again. So it was kind of a healing mechanism for me to, to start painting again. I needed to be creative. It's something I've always had to do to make me feel alive. And then uh, so I started painting. Uh, someone asked me if they could buy a certain piece of painted. And um, I was like, wow, okay, yeah. So I started selling art. More people were asking me, so I started doing a lot of commission pieces. And then it just sort of, it just built from there. People just want to seem to want to buy my work, and uh, that encouraged me to paint more and more. Yeah, and now I'm just, uh, wow, I'm crazy with it. It's just, it's like, can't stop, won't stop sort of thing. 
May Love Be What You Remember Most was the piece you created during lockdown. That's now on display at the Riverfront Theatre and Arts Centre. Tell us about your thinking behind what has become one of the positive things we'll remember the most about lockdown in Newport. Well, do you know what? It sort of just happened out of nowhere. Every day on the way to the studio, I'd walk past this boarded up, mouldy, derelict doorway. I just wanted to sort of change the environment and I thought this would be the perfect place to create a piece of artwork. So it had me thinking, what can I, what can I produce that's going to sort of uplift people? And um, I saw this photograph by a photographer called Lee Jeffries, um, amazing portrait photographer of this old guy looking up to the sky. And I thought, you know, I'd love to paint that. So I was messing around, painting a few bits and bobs, testing it out. And then I thought, yeah, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint this guy big. So um, one night I went and measured up the space bought some ply, took him back to the studio, and I painted a portrait of this guy. I thought, this is perfect, I can, I can fit this piece in. And then um, the quote sort of came to me. I'm not sure who wrote the original quote. I'm sure it's not original. I'm sure I didn't, I didn't come out of here, but I thought it's, it's suited the image, and uh, the, two, the two together seemed to work. So one day, me and a friend of mine, we went down there, took the ply, and uh, we decided to screw it, install it into the wall. Wow. So what was it about that photo that allowed you to connect the emotion of it to the situation at the time? The original photograph just really resonated with me. A lot of people became widows, a lot of people unable to see their family. It just, it was a sad time. I mean, myself, I wasn't able to see my mother who's currently living in a care home. Many people were in the same boat. That photo summed up, summed up that whole thing. But it also had a lot of positivity in it. Like this guy looked in the photo, looked like he's looking up, like he's... Uh, he remembers the good things and he's not going to let it bother him. So you found this wall. Uh, how long did it take to create it? Well, it was a day. I would have said five hours and knocked it up. Because, uh, I mean, the painting was originally not designed to last. It was just designed for a piece of street. I, I thought it would be up there for a while and then it would sort of, it would disappear or be damaged. It was just not supposed to be a, a permanent thing. It was a temporary image, as is most street art. So uh, I was quite surprised, actually, the journey has been on. So what happened next? Well, I posted a couple of pictures of it in situ online across Facebook, social media. And then um, Sally Ann uh, from the riverfront contacted me and said, look, we love this piece. We'd like to save it. Would you like to bring it? We'll, we'll put it on display. She thought it was a great piece and uh, I was happy to oblige. So, yeah, next thing I know, I carried it over there. Talking of the Riverfront, you've kindly given the Riverfront Theatre and Arts Centre permission to sell copies of that artwork. The money raised will go back into funding more community projects. How important is it to you that the arts is accessible for everyone? I think it's important that the arts are accessible for everybody in the world. I mean, that's the thing about street art is there's no elitism in it. It's, it's art by us for everybody. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, you don't have to be a member of a club or know about art to appreciate street art. It's just there. I mean, it's it's there for everybody, however way you look at it. And it's important for people to realise that, you know, arts, everybody can make art. It's, it's just a, a different way of expressing yourself. So that's why I, I didn't want to, this piece was designed for the street. I didn't want to make any money off it. If that could go on to benefit the arts in another way, then so be it. That's brilliant. And when they suggested selling prints uh, to make some money, I thought that's a perfect, perfect thing to do. Arts for the people, it's for everybody. Absolutely. Did creating art, in particular that now famous piece, help your mental health during lockdown? And, and why do you think that might be? Well, I think art in general helps with your mental health. I mean, with me, as long as I'm being creative and producing artwork or or whatever it may be, then um, I'm a happy man. I think that's, I guess, that's my my therapy is art, I guess. And everybody's got their, their thing they love doing that keeps them going and pushes them forward. I mean, Art's a way of expressing yourself. And if you can truly express yourself, then you've got no problems. 
Nice. And is, is art something you get better at in time? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. You learn new techniques. You're constantly uh, evolving. But also sometimes just the act of making the art can be more important than the actual art. There's, there's things you can learn throughout throughout the process. You can, I mean, I, I, I guess I've definitely uh, evolved since I've started, I've started painting myself. And who knows where, where that will lead, but that, that's what I love about it. Talking of where it'll lead, are you creating anything at the moment? Yeah, well, I'm working on a series of abstract commissions at the moment. Um, yeah, constantly working, constantly painting. The more work I make, the more work I get asked to produce. So yeah, I'm, I'm a yes man when it comes to art. I, I love it all. You used the phrase non-elitist just now. Would you agree that street art, like your piece, is, is actually a really good way of getting people into artistic creativity or at least learning to appreciate it? Yeah, 100%. People are becoming more aware of it these days. Just, yeah, broadening people's horizons and thoughts and knowledge on the subject is a, is a brilliant thing. It can also inspire kids to be like, yeah, I want to I want a piece of that. I want to, I could do that. And, and if you look at a piece of art and you think, I can do that, then that's great. You want to encourage that as much as possible. And I think street art is a great element um, to kick that off. Amazing. Finally, if someone is listening and has never picked up a pencil or, or paintbrush to create art before, what would you say to them? Have you got any tips? I just say go wild. Pick up anything you can, even if it's a mop and bucket. Just go wild. I mean, it's important. Just go for it. There's no rules to it. Go wild and have fun. Love that. Thank you. Well, make sure you drop into the riverfront. You can see the artwork, enjoy the cafe and get involved in all the fantastic arts and creative activities on offer. Anthony, aka Consumer Smith, thank you for joining us on the Newport Live podcast today. Yeah, thank you. Take care, bud. Thanks for listening. If it's your first time here, please do go back and listen to the first two episodes in this series. You'll hear about the gym facilities at Newport Live, plus how hopping on a bike at the Geraint Thomas National Velodrome of Wales will honestly be one of the most exciting fitness activities you will ever do. And you can also look into all of what Newport Live has to offer at newportlive.co.uk. Why not also let us know what you think of the series, hit subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you soon.